When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigginton. In this week's episode, I got to chat with Jason Becker, who everyone should know from his videos over here at Well.com before taking over the Arc Junkies podcast. I wanted to chat with him about opening up his new school, Underground Metalworks in Orlando, and what to expect when taking a class. He talks about different programs they offer and what he's excited to teach about now being at his own school, and then some advice about staying motivated in the welding industry when you might be feeling burnt out. We dive in after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop-start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're crazy and don't know who you are? Yeah, so my name's Jason Becker. I'm the host of the Arc Junkies podcast, owner of Underground Metalworks, or co-owner of Underground Metalworks and Weldworks Training Center down here in Orlando, Florida. And former host of Weld.com, the YouTube series. <laughs> the YouTube series. The YouTube series. <laughs> yeah. It's a series now. Hey man. It one of the best. One of the, the one of the goats. Greatest of all time. Yeah. So your school, I'm very excited because it's different. It's not like your traditional school that you would go to like your community college because you offer different types of programs. Like, can you explain to people what all they can expect? to learn if they were to come take a class at your place? Anything that I can teach them, honestly. And, and that's the way that we have it set up. You know, we have like a basic core structured curriculum for people that, you know, they want to come in, they want like the whole introductory to welding type thing. So I kind of break it down. We do, our school is geared towards mostly home hobbyists, DIYers, makers, but then also skilled and advanced welders. So pretty much any process you want to learn, if we have it in the facility, we can teach somebody how to do that or at least get skilled up. So that's kind of like our target market for the most part. So we have a one week comprehensive class. During that class, we cover stick, MIG, TIG, both AC and DC TIG for steel, stainless and aluminum. And then we cover a little bit of flux core. Then we also have a, an evening class that kind of mirrors that, that program. That, but the evening class runs for six weeks. It's two nights a week from 6 to 9 p.m., Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then we have a weekend class that 
is either it's a weekend MIG class or a weekend TIG class. And the cool thing is I'm not handcuffed to a curriculum. I don't have to follow the Florida State curriculum guidelines. I don't have to follow AWS Sense guidelines. I don't have to do any of that because that's just like the program that we set up. You know, if you want to do that, I I can refer you to a bunch of great colleges with awesome instructors if you want to take a long-term program. But, you know, if you're an accountant by day and you want to dabble in welding by night, I mean, this is like the perfect setup. This is the spot, man. Exactly. But I've also had folks that have come down. So our our one-week comprehensive class, most of the folks that are coming down to take that, they're coming from out of state. You know, so I've had two guys from Connecticut uh, I have another gentleman getting ready to come down for, I think in March, he's coming down from Connecticut because he talked to his friends and they're like, oh yeah, it's definitely worth it. So he's going to make the trek down. I had a guy come down from West Virginia, drove his, rode his Indian motorcycle the whole way. Oh, dope. And then had a young man come out of South Carolina and then a young lady come out of Kentucky. And the guy that came from South Carolina, he owns his own business. And he called me up beforehand and he's like, hey, you know, I see your week-long comprehensive, you cover stick, MIG, TIG, flux score, the whole gamut. I I already know how to do most of the processes, but I really need to get skilled up in stick welding. I said, okay, that's not a problem. Come on down. Well, it turns out, you know, it was kind of a a low turnout for that class. You know, so we had one student in that class and I was like, well, I'm not going to cancel. This guy's coming all the way down from, you know, South Carolina. He's making the trip. I'm not canceling this so he can, you know, have to redo his schedule. I was like, yeah, come on down. So he he came down and he said, I just want to focus on stick for a couple of days. And then I want to do a little bit of TIG welding because I'm a maintenance welder. And I'm getting more and more jobs that require stick welding. He's like, I'm, I've got MIG down packed. I, I know that. But most of the stuff is on site. I said, okay, cool. No problem. So that's what we focused on. You know, flat, horizontal, vertical, overhead. And he already knew how to weld. So I was just giving him, you know, just critiquing, giving him a little bit of, yeah, just pointers. And then it got to the point where he's like, I really need to get certified to do this stuff. I said, well, okay, you don't have, or like, you already have the skills. I'm just, essentially, he's getting booth time at this point because I'm, I'm over there watching him, you know, and he's doing great. So I said, let me show you how to write a welding procedure. So we sat down, I think it was Wednesday afternoon, and I showed him exactly how to write a welding procedure for D11 for his company, right? Because that's something as a, a company owner, you should have welding procedures for a lot of this stuff. So we wrote out a, a WPS. And the following day, I tested him to it. And then right after that, I mean, he passed the test. He was good. Right after that, we got into TIG welding, you know, that the remainder part of Thursday and then a good portion of Friday. You know, we went through, he really wanted to focus on steel and stainless. He's like, I don't do much aluminum. So we just focused on that. So the, that was the cool thing. You know, if he was to go to a community college, you know, he now he's stuck there for six to eight months mm-hmm. and he's got to go through every single process. He's got to do the homework. He's got to do all the exams, you know, all that, everything that goes along with taking a regular program. Yeah. He didn't have to do any of that. He came down and I was able to custom build him a class right on spot, which was great. You know, so I mean, like every student that comes down, especially for the one week comprehensive, they don't have to follow a strict curriculum. You know, I, I ask him day one, what are your expectations? What do you want to get out of this class? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had one guy, he said, all I want to do is retired guys from uh, Ocala. All I want to do is I want to weld up conduit and make dog boxes for my hunting camp. So, okay, cool. So we went through all the basics of MIG welding. And then we got into some flux core welding. We did a little bit of aluminum spool gun because he was talking about wanting to do some of that too. So I showed him all this stuff. He went out and bought a machine, came in Thursday. We got his machine all set up, dialed in. I cut up a bunch of conduit and we just built like a little grid out of, out of conduit that he was going to build his dog box out of. 
And so like he came in, that's the one skill set he wanted to learn how to do. And when he left, he was fully confident that he was going to be able to build dog boxes when he got back to his hunting camp. That's wild, dude. I that's I that's so cool though. Like for me, it would have been like, I just want to learn how to like I was really into bank of fire pits, you know. That mm-hmm. that was my jam when I first got into welding. And so I would be like, I just want to learn how to make fire pits so I can all this different what about cutting and torch work? Like, is that something that you can learn there too? Yeah, we got plasma cutters. I don't have oxyacetylene set up just yet. I mean, I've got all the stuff to do it, but we really haven't put that into the curriculum because nobody's really asked for that. So a lot of times that people reach out ahead of time, they're like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. It's like you said you wanted to make fire pits. Well, cool. You know, I'll, we can walk over the swift cut table and we'll figure out a design, a layout. And we'll, you know, we'll rip out a sheet of, you know, we'll take a four by eight sheet. And we'll do a two foot design across it and we'll rip that thing out and make it into a circle and we'll do, you know, an open butt weld at, at the end. Boom. Now you got a, you know, you got a fire pit. Yeah. Easy peasy. Well, yeah. what about like material and stuff? Like that's one thing, like you do go to like community college, you got your material there. Like if I wanted to come to your school and I wanted to get, I want to brush up on my sanitary stainless, I have to provide the material or is that something you help out with? So most like our, that would fall under our weekend TIG class. We, with that, it's more like steel, stainless, aluminum. But if you did bring your material, Mm -hmm. we could get into that as well. So it it just really depends if I have the material on site and it's kind of within the scope of, you know, the class that you're paying for, I've got no problem letting you use that. But if it is something specialty, obviously we would ask that person, Hey, you know, just bring the material with you or reach out to one of these vendors that are local Mm -hmm. and have it delivered to the school. That'd be cool. You know, we can run it that way. Otherwise, you know, like sanitary piping gets super expensive. Sheet steel gets super expensive. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. So, I mean, we got to keep everything within uh, within yeah. reason, you know. No, absolutely. But if it's, if it's the regular coupons and stuff that we're typically have in stock anyway, you know, we'll go ahead and, you know, or if I have it laying around the shop or if it's scrap or it's extra, you know, yeah, let's weld it up. Let's do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just didn't know if that was something like, because I know material is crazy. Like, especially when you start getting in the exotic stuff, because like, if somebody was like, I'd only want to come and learn how to weld titanium, you know, it's like that would be a different class, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that's something that I know my limitations. Like I'm not the sanitary welder guy, mm-hmm. but I know other instructors that I could reach out to and say, hey, you know, would you be interested in coming in to do a sanitary class? So something like that would be like a specialty class. So I had some people reach out and they're like, hey, I already know how to do these different processes. I would really like to do like a pipe welding course. Mm-hmm. So. I'm in the process now of developing a custom pipe welding course. And this isn't a class for home hobbyist makers, DIYers. These are for, you know, people that have already, they know how to do open route or they're familiar. They've done a little bit of pipe welding. They need to get brushed up on it. I have a specific instructor dedicated for that. I'll call them up and be like, hey, man, do you want to do, you know, like a pipe class for four or five students? You know, we'll get a group together and then boom, we'll knock it out. So we can build custom classes. If we have enough interest, that's the great thing about you know, my school is we can just pick a weekend or a week and, you know, we can set everything up and facilitate it. That's awesome. Like that is, I think that's one of the coolest things about your school is the ability to be able to do that. I mean, like, it's kind of like having a workshop, you know, it's like, Hey, or like a clinic, yep. like people do the clinics and it's just cool that you can, like, I don't know. I, I think it's really cool that there was the possibility of doing just a clinic somewhere, you know? Yeah. I personally would like, things like that. It's like, I, I don't want to go take a whole six months. I just want to, this weekend, it's nothing but this special thing, you know? Yeah. 
And we, we do the same thing for like employers, you know, so if employers want to send four or five of their welders down to get skilled up in one specific process or learn a new process or, you know, do a different position or they just need the fundamentals and basics, you know, like a lot of times people promote from within. Yeah. You know, so they take the young man or woman that's been sweeping the, the shop floor and cleaning and organizing. And they're like, hey, you know, we want to teach this person how to weld. They can send them over there. I can run them through the fundamentals and basics, you know, all the safety, you know, how to set up the machine, troubleshooting, basic techniques, and then, you know, send them right back to the, you know, the workforce. And it helps out that way. You know, employers are, they already have the people there. They've got the people that want to learn so they can send them out to the school and, and get skilled up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's a very cool thing that people will promote from within. But as far as when you are teaching people, so we got stick, we got MIG, we got TIG, we got flex, which is the hardest for people to pick up in your opinion? I would say it's always been the same stick welding. I think stick welding is the hardest process to learn. So when I taught at the school, like when I taught at the college level, we would always teach stick first because it takes the most amount of time. And, you know, we'd, so we'd spend eight to 10 weeks on stick welding, just, you know, 7018, 6010, flat, horizontal, vertical, overhead. You know, we go through the whole deal, fillets and grooves. But at the school, I start off on MIG welding because they've never welded before. And we got a really short amount of time to do this. So let me teach you the basic techniques. Let me show you what a good weld's supposed to look like. Let me, you know, let's talk about work angle, travel angle, travel speed, all that good stuff. And then I, you know, on like day two, we get into stick welding. And it seems to help out quite a bit, you know, that and I go through and I show them how to operate their hot for or hot start in arc force, you know, so that's going to help prevent sticking, you know, at arc initiation as well as while they're welding. Yeah. So once, once we kind of go through that and then, you know, talk about the setup and everything, body positioning, getting propped up three points of contact, you know, it's crazy. You can learn how to weld in such a short time. I mean, they're not certifiable by the time they leave the program, but I mean, they have a good fundamental of what they're doing, but I think. To answer your question, stick's always going to be the hardest process to be able to teach somebody. But if I can, like I said, walk them through with MIG first, now they've got an expectation of what's supposed to happen. They can identify the puddle. It makes that transition a little bit easier. Yeah. Well, and so with stick welding in particular, I just saw Austin Ross. He just, I'm a fan of his videos as well. He just put out a video that said, don't strike it like a match. And I thought that was very controversial because that was like one of the first things I was taught was strike it like a match, you know, how do you teach people to light up a stick rod? Cause I know that's one of the most frustrating things to learn. I, well, I'm going to have to go back and watch Austin's video. Cause I always tell people to strike it like a match, right? <laughs> but like in, into the welding joint. So a lot of times people want to strike it, but they strike outside of the welding joint. Well, now there's no base metal out there to carry that arc. Mm-hmm. So I tell them, you know, keep it nice and tight, strike it. You know, I mean, we're talking about three eighths, quarter of an inch, you know, just strike it right there. And get it going that way. But I mean, it's not like, you know, we're lighting a fireplace with a 14 inch long match, you know, and striking <laughs> it, striking it six inches and putting arc strikes everywhere. But then even on restarts, I tend to do like a tap. Yeah. So even in the videos that I did at weld.com, like I just do like a little tap, kind of like I'm shooting pool. I put the, uh, the electrode between two fingers, holding the stinger in the other one. And I just kind of like just a light little tap. And then I'll just pick up, you know, right where I left off, get my, I weld one handed with stick. I get that left hand out of the way, but I'll use those two fingers to try to, you know, like kind of just get it initiated. And then I get that hand out of the way. Yeah. One of my favorite tips that you had in one video, because I was in stick class at that time, was when you're done welding, you would whip it and you would make it a lot easier to start up. 
dude, that thing yeah, saved me so much time. <laughs> slag off, yeah. I love that tip. I was like, dang. I my, th- my buddy Don Watson taught me that, man. It was years ago that he showed me that, and I've never forgot it. I was like, that's freaking brilliant. I that that was one of the most like influential tips when it was in the welding or in like stick welding class. But slim, okay, teaching people the differences in the fire extinguishers. If you think of slim, where it's S L E M instead of I M, that just tells mm-hmm. you everything, you know. Solids, liquids, electrical, metal. And that's the A, B, C, D, slim. That was like the second thing that, like those two things I'll never forget from welding school. I got to remember that one now. Yeah. Just remember slim, man. Okay. Yeah. I really appreciated that. Flick it off and save yourself a lot of time. Oh, yeah. It helps so much with restarts. Yeah. I think what he was saying in his video was like, when you think of striking a match, you like lift it up so that the fire doesn't go out. If you're thinking of a, oh, okay. of a match and maybe that's like yeah. a psychosomatic thing, but I'll have to, could be, we'll do a deep dive. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> I'll add that to my watch list. I used to watch a lot of his videos and like lately I've just not had time to get on and watch anything on YouTube. But like when I do get the time, I'll just, Dive into a deep hole. Yeah, me too. I mean, I live in YouTube. Every that's my job here. Is yeah, that's what you guys do. <laughs> yeah, but he, I love YouTube. It's, it's so e- like you can learn anything you'd ever want in the entire world. But if it's is it correct information though? That's yeah. You got to be careful with that. We gotta, <laughs> and now AI. And now the whole AI, like, just you never know. You never know these mm-hmm. days. When you are. Like if people are reaching out and coming to your school, how do you manage people's expectations when it comes to certification? So it depends. Most of the folks that are coming down, they're not looking to get certified. Mm-hmm. They're looking to weld up their lawnmower deck or build their dog box or all that stuff. But I let them know up front, like if you don't know anything about welding, if you've never welded before, this probably is not the best program for you. If you want to learn well enough to get certified, if you have zero experience right now, and you want to learn well enough to get certified, you need to go to like a post-secondary school or a trade school, you know, and, and depending on where they're at in their country, you know, like I can recommend different schools for them to take. That's, I kind of let them know up front, like you're not going to be certifiable at the end of the week. So don't come with that expectation. Why can't be certifiable in one week? Not if, I mean, not, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let me, st- let me walk that back because like there's so many different codes and standards. Like I can teach you how to be a certified deck welder in a week. Yeah. I could teach you, you know, certified sheet metal in a week, you know, because it's a D13. We can rip through with short circuit MIG, you know, on eighth inch plate and I can, you can get fillet weld certified like, you know, in a, by the end of the day. Interesting. So, but I mean, if you want to go out and get a structural cert or a pipe cert or something like this, yeah, yeah week long comprehensive <laughs> course isn't going to do it for you. Well, it, it's just the funny, I, there's that just mental the whole like get rich quick mentality, you know, I feel like that's kind of prevalent. And one of the things that I've seen coming into the welding industry is just like, it's a lot of it is like, you can make this much money. You can make this much money in this amount of time, you know? And it just always felt kind of weird to me, but I feel like that's just a big thing that everyone loves to talk about when it comes to school is, can I be certified afterwards? And it's like, you know, a lot of this stuff you don't need certification for. But um, as far as like things that, I don't know, I'm trying to frame this. Like the way you taught back at your college, 
compared to the way you can teach at your school. What are the, some of the biggest changes in your just approach to teaching? I don't need permission to do anything. If I want to break, if I want to break stride and, and, and start teaching something completely different that's, that's not on the menu because somebody asked a question about it, I can. I don't have to stick to, you know, a content calendar and be like, well, Tuesday at uh, nine o'clock, we're doing this. Like I can just completely break off and go off on a tangent, which is great because of my ADD, you know, so I can, I can just peel off into a different topic as long as it's relevant to what we're doing. Like I said, I don't have to follow anybody else's guidelines. I don't have to follow somebody else's rules. I can teach fabrication. You know, if somebody has a question and I've got the equipment and the material there to do it, I can answer that question right there on the spot and just say, hey, you know, check this out. Boom. I don't have to stick to lunch or break schedules. I'll ask the students like, hey, you know, if you want to take a break, you know, step outside or, you know, whatever. If you want to take lunch, great. If you don't, you want to stay here and weld, cool. I'll be right here with you because I don't leave the school from the time I get there till the time, you know, till class is over. I don't leave. So if you want to weld through lunch, you want to work on some other stuff, you know, if you want to bring something in from the house and weld it up, cool, let's do it. But I think that's kind of, I've got a lot more freedom doing it this way. Yeah. Well, and that's a cool thing too of like when I was going through school, no, no was bringing in things to work on. You know, it's like you got to focus on your outcomes. It's, and it's like, I, I just want to learn how to weld this thing. So like, that's cool. You can yeah. bring something in to like learn. Well, even when I was at the college, like, I think I've always had a problem with authority, <laughs> but I would tell my students like, Hey, if you do good all week, you know, we, cause we ran class Monday through Thursday, they'd always have Fridays off. That was like a teacher work day. If you do well, Monday through Thursday, you're here every day, you're here on time, you're getting the work done, you're staying on task. As long as you can bring it through the door on Thursday <laughs> and it's, you know, college approved, you can bring stuff in from the house to, to work on it, to fix it, to repair it, you know, whatever. I didn't care because those are the things that I couldn't teach in class. Those are the things I couldn't prepare for. You know, if you've got a, a broken widget, I can't write that into the curriculum, right? You got a broken cast iron chair that, that, you know, that's not part of the, that's not on the content map, yeah. but on Thursdays, if you're caught up with all your work, I'm going to show you how to fix that. I'm going to show you how to make that repair. And hell, we're going to turn that into a lab activity. I'm going to bring everybody over and say, hey, you know, if you run into this situation, here's how you're going to make this repair. Here's how you're going to fix that. Because that's some of the stuff that you don't learn in a welding school. You know, you're welding six inches, six inch fillets and grooves for eight, 10, you know, 12 months. You're not learning how to fix anything. You're not learning how to fabricate anything. You know, so if you wanted to build a, a table or a stool or a fire pit or, you know, a, a widget or whatever, a stand, anything, a sign, Thursdays, we can do that on Thursdays. Now it's every day. Now it's every day. <laughs> That's awesome. I, that... I had lady. I had this one lady. We actually had this event. It's called Sisters on the Fly, and it's a group of women. They're all like retirement age, and they they do a like a welding camp out in Montana every year, and they go there for like a weekend, and they do a like a weekend welding thing in this guy's shop. He's not set up for. I mean, he's a fabrication shop, but he's not set up to teach welding. He's got a couple of machines. He's got some scrap metal. He'll kind of give them you know some pointers. Well, they reached out to me because they wanted to do one on the East Coast. So they brought this group of ladies in. Well, like halfway through day number one, I mean, we're sitting there eating lunch and the one lady goes, hey, I've got a chair that needs to be welded. And the guy that usually welds them, he moved. Is that something you could do? And I was like, yes, ma'am. I said, as a matter of fact, I'll walk you through the process. And I'll show you how to do this because she's learning how to weld. She's going to be able to do this at the house now. Yeah. <laughs> so like right after lunch. She walks over to her truck and she brings this chair in with her. I didn't realize she had it with her. I, th I, was, I thought she meant like 
later on down the road, she's going to bring this chair. No, it was in the back of her truck already. She was loaded for this. So yeah, she brought it in the shop and I showed her exactly. I was like, here, we're going to clean the paint up. We're going to, you know, push the chair back together. We're going to make sure we got the angle right. We're going to, you know, fasten it. And, you know, we'll go ahead and put a couple welds on it. Boom, done. So it was cool. We were, you know, she was able to bring something to class that day and, you know, go home with it fixed. She's like, what do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. Like this, this is part of the class. Like, yeah, it's like you already paid for it. You paid for it already. Exactly. That's awesome. As far as, so, you know, keeping up with the trends in the industry, the coolest new thing to hit the market is laser welding. And like, there's a bunch of different people getting into the laser welding game as far as like machines. And a lot of schools are starting to bring that in. Is that something you are thinking of having at your spot? I would love to have one at my spot. I actually reached out to a company. I think they're owned by a Canadian company. They're built in the USA or something to that effect. I can't, I don't know the all, all the ins and outs, but I'm actually going to have them come out and uh, hopefully do a, an AWS section meeting, but it's all on laser welding. So while they're there doing this stuff, I want to check this out and see what the price point is. But if it's within my budget, I would love to have one at the school because they're becoming more and more affordable. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the ladies that took the that, that weekend class, she just she restores uh, Volkswagen minibuses or like the old Volkswagen vans. That's cool. And she bought one of these welding machines. It's a laser welder, but it's like a three in one. I think she said it, she paid like 17 grand, 15 or 17 grand for it, which is, I mean, it's, still it's, not crazy. it's pretty pricey. It's not crazy. But I mean, you think you're going to go and buy a, you know, like a. 300C from Lincoln Electric. You know, that's a $16,000, $17,000 machine. Yeah. So this laser machine, it will actually, depending on what tip you put on the end of it or what attachment, you can burn all the rust off. So I guess she can, you know, because she's working on these old antique bands, she can burn off all the rust in the paint, you know, just pull the trigger and and I guess it does like a a six inch swath and it'll just remove everything in the way. So boom, you're cleaning your base metal. She said she can swap the tip over and I guess you put some sort of filament or something on the back to where the laser doesn't over penetrate, but she can use it very similar to like a plasma cutter. So as long as you're close enough and you you can cut with it, you can laser cut manually and then you can swap that attachment out, put it on another one and it's got like a little spool of wire, kind of like a spool gun. And very, I guess it's very similar to the light weld. I don't, I haven't messed with that machine. I, I saw it at Fabtech, like out of the corner of my eye, as I was walking by, I was like, giving it the, the mean mug because yeah. I was trying was to figure like, out more about what, it, but I didn't this? have time to stop. I know. I'm and, always um, intimidated to go in there and try it, you know? Oh, they were letting everybody, my business partner got to try it, but like I was doing so many podcasts and all that stuff while I was there and bouncing from one booth to the next. But uh, yeah, it's got like a spool attachment. So you can, it's kind of like MIG welding, but it's got two prongs on the end of the gun and both prongs have to be making contact with the material and you pull the trigger and it's feeding wire as that laser is hitting it. And so, I mean, you're wire welding essentially with it. But I would like to incorporate that eventually as the prices come down or become more affordable into the school. Now, I'm probably not going to have one at every booth, uh, yeah. but it'd be something <laughs> that, you know, I could set that up at the instructor station and show everybody and kind of let them rotate through as we're working through some of the other processes. Yeah. It's like, if you do really well on Thursdays, we laser yeah, well. Thursdays, we laser well. <laughs> so that's, there is, I don't know if we're, I don't know if I'll keep this in. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but you know, Everlast has a laser welder coming out. Do they really? Yeah, dude. <laughs> 10 grand. I did not know that. 10 grand. So that's someone to reach out to maybe. Just I might I'd be making some phone calls when I get off. Yeah. No, I, f- I wonder if you that, that they're bringing one out. Austin showed it to mm-hmm. me last night and I was like, wow, that's crazy. Oh, that's dope. 
Yeah, you might not want to let the, you might want to cut. Yeah, that out. I'll definitely bring. I'll cut that. I mean, it's on their website. You can find it. So, okay, but it might have been like a private link. But we'll just keep that a secret between you and me. <laughs> there you go. Well, as far as like with the school gaining, like you've got a lot. You said a lot more people are the classes are filling up. Sorry, man, mm-hmm. it's been a day. It's been a day. Uh, so classes are filling up. Are you going to start adding? like more instructors down the road? Is that like one of your, is that in the business plan of like having more people so you could have more classes and maybe expand or? No, I, I think I'm, I kind of want to sit right where we're at right now. I mean, what we're doing is working and, you know, like I said, we're filling classes. I don't want to get greedy because like, that's what, you know, that's exactly what most schools do is they're like, well, we can, you know, generate this much, you know, revenue off of five students. Well, what happens if we put in, you know, 10 booths and 15 booths uh, and 700 booths. booths. And the next thing you know, you're knocking the wall down. You're putting 40 booths in. I don't want to lose what we have because what we have is completely different than any other school out there. We only take five students. That's great. Five students at a time per class. So they get so much one-on-one time with the instructor. It's an open floor plan. We have, you know, five different tables set up. Everyone has their own machine. We have little uh, dividers in between. So I can walk from like one, one table to the next, you know, just right down the line, boom, and work with every student one-on-one. You know, if they're having issues, boom, I'm, I'm right there with them. I can see everybody. We're all within a 20-foot radius of each other. That's cool. And so it, it, that works. But, you know, bringing in more booths, more tables, if I did anything different. So we only offer the week-long class once per month. And then the weekend classes, it's either a weekend MIG or a weekend TIG once per month. So if I start getting additional interest, I can just open up another weekend or open up another week-long session. So I think that's probably what I would do is just teach multiple classes, uh, still keep that five-to-one ratio. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that is one of the most important things, like, that makes yours so different is it's not 20-to-one, it's five-to-one. No, you know, it's five-to-one. And, like, most places, like, you're not going to find a welding school out there. That's less than 20 to one most of the time. Yeah. So. And I mean, like if this situ, if somebody reaches out to me and they're like, hey, this is the only weekend because we had a situation where somebody was like, hey, this is the only time I can get out there to do this class. And it's full. Would you be able to take one more? OK, yeah, I can. I have the ability to flex and have one more student in so we can take a maximum of six if I absolutely had to, depending on the situation. If not, I'd be like, hey, you know, we'll sign up for, you know, next month's class. But if not. I can open up my table because I have an instru- a separate instructor's table with the same machine that they have there at the booth. And I can say, yeah, you know, set up right here. We'll do all the demos here. But then when I'm not doing demos, you know, you can join right along and, you know, you got access to everything else just like the rest of the, the other five booths. Just have to compete for it. You just got to put them in competition. Yeah. Whoever wins gets the yeah. slot. There you go. Man, that would be pretty cool. I definitely want, I know we're going to try to pop by and see your school in, um, when we come down for fab tech, if not before that, I have to at the schedule, actually, I think we're planning on coming out in April and yeah, I think Austin said something about April. Okay. Yes, that is correct. Then yes. So in April, I know we're planning on popping by, but I know, um, in fab tech we'll be right there. How far away are you from where fab tech's going to be? Probably, I think it's about 20, maybe 25 minutes, depending on the time of the day that you're traveling. Dang. Well, I know the place to hang out during Fab Tech then, I guess. Yeah. 
Yes. That's what I'm thinking about right now is I think the last day of Fabtech is usually student day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a like a half day deal or something like that. That's the one day that they kind of close early, usually around three. So I might just like open up the school and say, hey, you know, we do tours from like noon till whatever. You should do it. You should do it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I mean, because a lot of people want to stop by and see the school and I don't like I'm going to be at Fabtech the whole time. So I can't just be like, oh, yeah, it's unlocked. Go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that might be the thing is that last day of Fabtech, you know, as soon as I wrap up, I can't remember the date. So if it ends on a Thursday or Friday, but you know, I'll, I'll just bounce back to the school and, you know, unlock the doors and do tours. People can come in and see the the shop and do some welding and, you know, it'd be a good time. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you your advice. Uh, you've been in the welding world for how long? Just over 26 years. All right. That is a long time to be in the world. Yeah, I'm an old man now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, you know, at, I know me, I've bounced through multiple different careers and I get bored with things, but like with welding, since you've been in it for so long, what is your advice for staying motivated? Stay busy. And I think that's one thing I've been struggling with lately is I've got so much logistic stuff, like ordering and office stuff and editing and like all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm just like drained. <laughs> I'm I'm like kind of, I need to get back on my tools. And so, I mean, there's a couple days, you know, like, I mean, I teach the week long comprehensive, but that doesn't really get me back on my tools. I need to fabricate something. I need to build something. I need to repair something. So I think that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I've got a bunch of work that I've been kind of hoarding off to the side to where I can give it my full undivided attention. But I think staying busy. And if like, if you're kind of caught in a rut, Try to learn something new. You know, everybody kind of specializes in one area. Try something different. You know, like if you're really good at structural, try your hand at pipe. If you're really good at pipe, try your hand at structural. And a lot of people are going to laugh at that, but I've met a lot of pipe welders Mm -hmm. that crossed over and got into structural and they're like, dude, I don't know how the hell you do this. This is so much harder than welding in a circle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be, but you know, or get into fabrication or custom work. Or, you know, try your hand at artwork. I mean, there's just so many different things you can do in this industry. There's no way you should ever get burnt out or bored doing welding because you can always, you can change your career path. You know, if you worked in a job shop all your life and you're like, man, I just can't stand being in this building all day. It's good. You know, join an ironworker crew. Get out there on the pipe, you know, pipeline. Go do something different. You've got the skill set of welding. Now just change the application. I wish I wasn't too old to get into uh, underwater welding. As, you know, just spend my days on the boat, that, man. man. You don't want to yeah. do that. Have you done it yet? No, I haven't been able. Like, oh, I haven't gotten a chance to do it. I've talked to people who do it. I know it wouldn't be for me, but, you know, I would you love to. Go link up with, I think it's uh, Richard with Ocean Corp. Call him up. He's based out of Houston, Texas. Oh. He'd probably have you guys down there to do a video or something. But that's, I, I got to go do that for a day. And like, that's, that was one thing that was on my bucket list was underwater welding. Yeah. And so they, they invited a bunch of us out there, like Jason Sasaki was out there, Scott Robbie was out there, Ray Ripple, Stephanie Hoffman. Like we all went down there, Travis from Blue Demon. <clears throat> we all went down and, and got to underwater weld for the day. Oh, that's fun. And it was super cool. But dude, I mean, like that would wear your ass out. We, I mean, we were out there for like eight hours. That freaking helmet that they put on you is like 40 pounds. Ugh. And so when you're up topside, I mean, it's heavy as hell. It's like straining on your neck, you know, like a newborn baby, you know, yeah. like trying to support your head. <laughs> And then when you get in the water, like that's where all the air is at. So it's constantly pulling up on your head the whole time you're down there. Like I was pushing down on the helmet, <laughs> you know, so I, like my lens would stay in place so I could weld. Um, it's a lot of fun, but I mean, you got to be like in good shape to do that for, I mean, cause they don't clock in. It's not a nine to five oh, job yeah. when you're out there on no, a rig, you know, there. they're out there 16, 18, 20 hour days. 
I talked to, I had Jordan Moreno. He came on a podcast and he was talking about like, you're under there welding. Like you're under the water for like eight hours. Like it's, that's how long you'll just be under there. Like I, I've never been underwater more than like, I went snuba diving one time, which is like you're attached to a tube instead of like having yeah, a pack like, on your back. It's kind of like snorkel. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's the step above snorkeling, you know, Yeah, <laughs> but I was underwater for, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. And I could not imagine being underwater for eight hours straight, you know, just, no. just freaking welded, man. No, weld, <laughs> weld up top and then like go scuba diving when you get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Well, this is a question that I'm, so I know you were in the Marines, but have you like, did you ever cross over with CBs? We worked with them a little bit, but not a whole lot. At least my unit didn't. I mean, they came out, they did a lot of the, uh, the buildings and stuff uh-huh. prior to us. Like once we got on base, I mean, they were the support that, you know, they would build all the different barracks. They would build, you know, different structures for, you know, office staff or, you know, inventory holding equipment or, you know, whatever. I mean, they would just do miscellaneous carpentry work and structure building, you know, throughout the base. Yeah. But I never got the chance to go over there and hang out with them. That's, that's one, one, one podcast. That I, I mean, I know you'd probably really be into that one, but that's one yeah. I want to talk to CB, you know, it's like. A- I actually, one of the guys that, so I, we met him at Fabtech Chicago last year and he, so he's familiar with welding, but he's a CB. He was in the Navy as a CB. I, we got to talking and I was like, where were you? You know, he said he was stationed in Iraq and I was like, well, where are you stationed? He's like, oh, I was in Altacottam. I was like, there's, there's no freaking way you were in Altacottam. He's like, why? I said, because I was stationed in Altacottam and I've never met anybody who was stationed in Altacottam. It, I mean, like, I don't know, just everybody was somewhere else. Nobody had ever heard of Altacottam. And so I was like, I'm surprised to, you know, run into somebody that's actually heard of the place, let alone was there. So I think he got there about a year after I had left. But he's actually coming down, I think, in March to take the week-long comprehensive class. Oh, crazy. <laughs> so I was like, that's freaking nuts. Yeah. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to chat with him quite a bit while he's down here. Yeah, no, I've just like, because that was... I almost joined the Navy to go try to be a CV like when I first got into welding because I was just like, well, mm. the Navy really needs people right now. Oh, yeah. This is like the end of my acceptance period, you know, because <laughs> I'm not, I got into welding way late. And so, but yeah, that's always been one of my fascinations. I want to talk to somebody and just see what that's like. But man, this is always, it's always good to talk to you. There's so many topics we can just keep talking about, you know? Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm very scattered as well. My ADHD is <laughs> is on high alert these days, just because so many different things I'm trying to spend. You get a lot going on. Too many things, man. Too many things. But as far as where can people find your work? Like, if somebody wants to learn more about the school or see everything that you got going on there, where should they go? For the most part, Instagram's probably the best place to find me. You can check us out, Underground Metalworks on Instagram or Arc Junkies Podcast on Instagram. And then if you're interested in taking classes at the school or you want to find more about the school, it's underground-metalworks.com. And then the, uh, the podcast is available on all major podcast downloader apps. I put out new episodes every Monday. And that's a great podcast. Make every weld better than your last. Make every. I actually got that logo. I got it tattooed. That's awesome, man. That that was one of my favorite parts about about Fabtech this past year. As you you were like, until next time, we'll see you out there. And I was like, ah. But there was oh man, there was just one thing that just popped into my mind, and now it's just 
flying away. But it was about the podcast. I don't know. It's gone forever. Wild Wednesdays? Wild Wednesdays. No, it, it was right before the podcast, what we were talking about. Well, I wanted to tell people about your podcast. Oh, okay. It was because Stephanie was on the podcast. When you took over the school, she was on the podcast. And when I introduced her on the podcast in my intro, I said, Metal Ground Underworks. Because I'm super dyslexic and I, I didn't catch it until it was published and it was out. And I was just like, I'm just going to see if anybody notices. So I don't think anybody <laughs> noticed, but Metal Ground Underworks. Yeah. Metal Ground Underworks. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate chatting with you. And anytime we can ever help, like I've been, I hope you don't mind the collaborations I've been sending your way because no, there's gold out there, man. There's gold in them hills. Yeah. I want to share it. Yeah, I look forward to you guys coming out in uh, April and definitely seeing you over here at Fabtech. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Jason, for coming on the show. I'm a big fan of the podcast and looking forward to checking out Metal Ground Underworks soon. Just kidding, everybody. It's Underground Metalworks. Check it out. It's an awesome school. I also want to give a shout out to Lincoln Electric for making the show possible and helping us all learn about the different pathways available in the welding industry. If you have a topic that you'd like to cover or you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me on the Weld app at Bowdidit or shoot me an email to boww at weld.com. Make sure you stay tuned over on YouTube because Austin and I have just taken a mini tour through Tennessee, stopping in Nashville, Chattanooga, and Knoxville, making all kinds of cool content. Hope that you enjoy it, and until next week, we'll see you out there. <laughs>